Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. You are listening to the Intentionally Inspirational Podcast. This podcast is created for hungry entrepreneurs who are seeking motivation, personal development resources, and actionable tips. Now for your host, Jason Wright. What's happening, everybody? This is Jason Wright here. Welcome to episode number 64. This is called An Artistic Expression with Melissa Ebby. Well, before we get into the show today, I have an interesting idea I want to run by you guys. A good friend of mine and I were talking about doing a, a comedy spinoff podcast. Just kind of impromptu, just funny things in general. Maybe PG or PG-13 Something unrelated, but just uh, something for fun might be interesting. What do you guys think about that? Let me know. And I, I bring that up because I'm realizing more and more and more for myself, and I know this applies to anybody listening as well, that we need to embrace what makes us unique. We really need to not try to change who we are for somebody else, but rather try to magnify who we are and, and impact people with that. You know, the one thing that everybody has is uniqueness and difference. And there's a real opportunity there to use that uh, to benefit other people, to enjoy yourself, and to even make money with. So I, I really want you to think about that as you go through your day today. Do what makes you happy. Embrace what makes you you. Your uniqueness has value and marketability for sure. Well, today we've got another awesome guest. Um, as I alluded to in the intro, Melissa Ebby. And we've got a, a great conversation coming up here for you. Uh, I won't spill the beans too much. We will roll into it and check it out from there and then talk again once we're done. All right, everybody. Today I've got another awesome guest with me. I've got Melissa Ebby with me. Melissa is an artist, a sculptor, a costume designer, and much more of the highest level, I must say. Her work is amazing. I'll let her tell you more about that. She's the owner of Feral Works, LLC. And you might know her from the show Face Off. Season 10 on the Sci-Fi Channel, and currently Season 11 as well. Melissa, welcome to the show. <laughs> Hi, thanks for having me. No problem. Was that, was that intro okay for you? Yeah, that sounds great. Awesome. All right, well, I saw something online about you that struck a chord with me, and I'm really curious to see what you'll say about this, but tell me about the first time you saw the video Thriller. <laughs> well, I don't know how old I was. I I, I think I was like probably like four years old and um, saw thriller was terrified by it, you know, being a kid. Um, but at the same time, they would also air a how they made it on MTV. I remember that. I remember that. Yeah. So I'd always watch that, how they made it video. And I was so fascinated with the process of like, especially I remember like the um, Rick Baker flipping through the different stages of the transformation into the weird cat for Michael Jackson. Yep, yep. And that was just, yeah, that for me was so cool to like, see like that concept and see like that artistry behind it. And then of course the makeup application, which is just crazy. That is awesome. I was, uh, I was born in 81, so I'm 35. I don't remember. I was young. I was young the first time I saw it. I remember being kind of drawn into the living room by the music, and then as soon as I saw that face and those yellow eyes, oh, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that messed <laughs> me up. But to this day, I love the love the song, and it's an awesome video. So very, very cool. Did you kind of know, I mean, from childhood, did you kind of know that, like, that, that makeup and that artistry piece is something that you had to do? I mean, did it stick with you that long? 
Yeah, I think so. Like, it's always something I've wanted to try out. And I've, um, I mean, most of my artwork is about masks and stuff like that. So the idea of disguising yourself, I think, has just been a prevalent theme in my work throughout my life. Very nice. So, yeah, it really did stick with me. Very nice. Well, you, you mentioned something I like to talk about. You talked about dreams a little bit. Um, how have, how has dreaming impacted your journey? So say from, you know, that video to just through school. I mean, I, I'm sure in art class you were great at drawing and that type of thing, but just kind of walk us through that a little bit. So how, how you followed your dream and that's kind of how that's affected you. Well, um, it's, it's, it's been a strange journey. <laughs> how about that? <laughs> um, like I went through school, I did, I, I did only did two art classes in high school, so I didn't do that much. And then when I went to college at UW-Madison, um, I started off as a pre-med major. I think okay. my focus was in genetics. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I've always been really fascinated with biology, and um, that's what I went to school for. And then the first semester went by, and I did horribly in calculus. <laughs> <laughs> and I realized that maybe this isn't for me. So I started, I switched my major to art and went forward with that. Um, nice. Yeah. So, and I would say like, you know, I, I graduated with a, a BFA, the focus in pain from uh, UW Madison. And then um, uh, it wasn't really until after that, that I started to really come into my own as an artist. Like I went to work at an art supply store in Evanston, Illinois and it was mostly through the support of my coworkers that I really started to push myself to become better. Very nice. I love that. Isn't that a, isn't that a powerful thing? When and this is this is something that I think everybody struggles with, but our own we'll call it the inner voice will tell us we are or we aren't or whatever or somewhere in between. But when somebody else believes in what we're doing, isn't that like an incredible feeling to look at them and be like, oh wow, they're like really into what I'm doing. Yeah, well, it's validating. <laughs> it is. Absolutely. That's a great word for it. Well, you know, it's funny about your story in college. It made me think uh, I actually, anybody that knows me knows that calculus or numbers are not for me. I'm not really a numbers guy. <laughs> and I actually was going to school for computer programming, which is so weird to say now because it's just a terrible fit for me. And I think <laughs> I was doing it because, you know, I think it, I thought it paid well. And I was like, oh, that'd be a great safe move. And I got into my first major programming class, and I remember like the first day the teacher uh, or the professor speaking, and I, I just I couldn't handle it. After about half an hour, I was like, I'm so bored, I want to cry. So I ended <laughs> up uh, getting out of it and uh, went a different direction. But no, it's good that you were able to do what I did as well and say, you know what, this is not for me. I'm going to kind of follow my passion or find that passion and follow it. I think too many people settle, even as early as college, and just say, oh, this is Kind of what my parents told me to do, so this is what I'm going to do, but that's just not for me, you know? Well, I think that, like, you know, with everybody it's different. You know, some people come to it on their own. Some people come to it through schooling. Um, I don't know. I, I still kind of wonder what would happen if I if I had taken the alternate path and if I had gone through with being a doctor. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> would it be a good doctor? <laughs> Who knows? It'd be really <laughs> ironic if you were a plastic surgeon. People oh would come God, out yeah. looking like some of your creations. Oh, my oh, God. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, for some of the people listening that may have been thrown off when I said face-off, would you tell us just what face-off, like what's the concept behind the show and, and what it is? Uh, face-off is a reality um, TV show that's kind of like Project Runway. It's a competition-based show where um, each contestant is usually eliminated once a week, although the format changed a little bit in the All-Star season. And um, 
you instead of like Project One Way, you're not making clothes, you're designing these fantastical makeups for models. So um like uh like there's different types of challenges like fantasy or horror and it's basically taking like the the tenets of makeup design and character design and applying it in a you know extreme timeline for competition. <laughs> Very cool. Well has that been like a heck of a lot of fun? Yeah, I mean it's really stressful but it's it's such a you know, as as owning my own business and, uh, you know, as being my buyer, and I used to be a buyer for the art supply store, too. Like, I tend to be a very frugal person when it comes to supplies. <laughs> <laughs> so to um, get thrown into this, this workshop where everything is at your fingertips and you don't have to be responsible for it, like in terms of, you know, counting it or <laughs> buying it or anything <laughs> like that. <laughs> This is kind of, it's, it's an amazing experience. Like, it's just everything I could possibly want to work with was right there. And, but, um, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't have passed up that opportunity for the world. Oh, um, no. But, yeah, it is very stressful. I mean, you're under these extreme deadlines. You're kind of cut off from your family. And um, it's, you're sort of in this, this really surreal world where it's like, it's all about the competition. Oh, yeah. Very cool. Well, my daughter and I were on your uh, your website this morning, looking at some of your work. And my daughter's six, and she was kind of standing to my to my left. And we looked at, started scrolling a little bit. And just for people listening, we'll give you her website. But there's there's some creepy, creepy stuff on there. But it's so good. I mean, it's like this stuff <laughs> that dreams are made of. It, it's your level of talent is insane. Well, thank you. And I mean that. I can't compliment you any higher because I don't have the words to. But it is absolutely amazing to me. And I'm look, I'm talking to my daughter, and I look over. I'm like, "Where'd she go?" And she's like, crawled like between my shoulder blades, is like peeking over me because she's so uncomfortable with what we're looking at. I'm oh, like, that's I'm awesome. sorry. I'm like, that's not real, but I said that's how they make it look real, like the movies and stuff. Yeah. And she's just like, Whoa. "No, I have a five year old. I can relate." <laughs> but, yeah, that is so cool. So, um, I guess with like the face off opportunity, going from the art store in, did you say Evanston? Yeah. <laughs> so going from there to kind of that face-off, that journey, like how did that opportunity present itself to you? Well, I, it was really weird. Actually, I, I also went to grad school after that. So um, <laughs> if, if it wasn't clear from my thriller reference, I am a little bit older. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was one of the older contestants on the show. Uh, no um, but yeah, I went to grad school after Evanston, and then I was working on my own um, after that. I, I taught for a little bit at the university, and then just... Um, Attendance was down in one of my classes, and they were going to have to cut my hours. So it's like, oh, I need more money. So I started running my business on Etsy, and at that time, it was much more costume-based. Um, but I also, I should say, I am also a cosplayer. So that's kind of how I came back to makeup. So I was making these more and more elaborate makeups for my costumes. And I was watching, I've always been a fan of Face Off. And I was watching the show, and I think it was around season seven. I said to myself, I'm like, hey. I know how to do everything that they're doing. I might not be good at it, but I know how they did it. <laughs> so I, I then I tried out, and I tried out for season nine and didn't get on. And so they asked me to come back and apply for season 10, and that, then I did. And it was crazy. <laughs> well, I really uh, that's an awesome story. I really like something you just said. So I want everybody listening to really pay attention here. She tried out for season nine and didn't make it, but still came back. I mean, so many people... I feel like give up so soon. I mean, you know, people may do a, a business or whatever for six months, 
oh, man, this mm-hmm. isn't working out. This isn't working out. I, I'm going to quit. But here's the thing that sucks is when you quit for good, you have no idea literally what tomorrow held. Tomorrow could have been that day mm-hmm. that you broke away and you you never looked back. But you'll never know as soon as you stop for good. And I love yeah, the exactly. fact that that you just didn't. And, you know, who knows where your life will be in 20 years. But the cool thing is you've already done some awesome things. So, well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think that that was important is like, you know, I went through the whole process with season nine. Um, they fly you out for an audition. Um, you have to do a makeup application in front of uh, their their shop people so they can see how well you know the process and everything. And then um, you have to go through this very intense interviewing process. You're out there for about a week. And, um, <clears throat> you know, it was a very intense process. And to not get on after that was kind of a bummer. Mm-hmm. and then the opportunity came up again and i gotta say you know I, I might not have tried out for it again but my husband was very supportive and he's like no you, you really should so i did go through it all again and mm-hmm. it, it was worth it so i mean <laughs> i don't want to take sole credit for for doing it again because i do think that some of that was you know my family pushing me to to stick with it and be you know it doesn't happen in a vacuum yeah you gotta have that support system I mean, it's something that that i talk about and write about all the time is you gotta have that support and for those people that are new to something, they're like, I have no support. And one thing I throw out there is you're asking the wrong people. Don't yeah. ask the people that have never done anything because a lot of times those people are the ones that want to keep you down because it makes them feel better about themselves, but they don't even realize that. So you've yeah. got to surround yourself with those supportive people, and you're lucky when it's a spouse because it sure makes things easier. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'm hoping my wife doesn't hear that, like run up here and jump on the mic and say, let me tell you how I used to think. But she's come <laughs> around. She's awesome now. But when I first started doing the entrepreneurial thing, man, you, you want to talk about people looking at you like, what are you doing? You know, it's it, it's sometimes tough to get going just from that support standpoint. So I'm curious about this. So when you're under the pressure of the challenge and the time and working, and I have to presume – working with some of the best talent that you've been around in this space, mm-hmm. do you find that, that your output, your product rises to that challenge? Do you find you do better when under those circumstances? Um, I personally think that I do because I, I, I'm the type of person that always wants to do better than I've done before. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no, I always say like, you know, like complacency is like the art killer. Like it just, it, it, it It'll destroy you if you become complacent and content. I love you that. should always be striving for better. Yep. And um, so I think that that, uh, that really came into play on the show, but also in my, my professional work. Um, but on the show, it's like you're immediately surrounded by these talents, especially on the All-Star season, the one that's currently airing. Like here, I'm surrounded by the people that I've watched on TV for forever. So I'm also, you know, really intimidated because these are the people that I started learning special effects with like in terms of like watching them and then getting further involved. Um, and then to have to go up against them. And it's like, I want to, and that's one of the cool things about face off is like, everybody is so eager to share whatever information they have that it, it causes the whole industry to, to grow as a whole. It's a, it's an industry wide thing where like everybody will share like their techniques and stuff because they want the industry to get better. Mm-hmm. So everybody's been very generous with their information and we all want each other to get better. So it was like sort of a community thing, like where we sat down right when we started filming, we're like, guys, we have to push each other. And I think it shows in the season, especially as it progresses. And even though, um, spoiler alert, I got eliminated a couple of weeks back, <laughs> like even seeing what they're doing now after I had left, I'm just like, wow, you know, 
they are really pushing each other and feeding off of that energy. And it's so good. Yeah. I mean, it's that, that iron sharpens iron, uh, idea. You know, if you <laughs> surround yourself with great, you know, if everybody in the room is great, you're going to be the next great one. If everybody in the room is a, a Debbie Downer, you're changing your <laughs> yeah. name from Melissa to Debbie. So it's just, you know, we become a product of our environment and that's, that's great. What you said, I was hoping that that's what you guys did because I love it when, uh, people have the vested interest um, of success and what they're doing on the bigger level than just them. So that's beautiful. Well, this is kind of a funny question, uh, a little bit different direction, but like I said, I was looking at your stuff earlier. It's amazing. There's some intense stuff, especially when you get into kind of the, the dark stuff, the, the demony mm-hmm. stuff. And has any of your, your own stuff that you've made ever frightened you? Like say maybe it was dark and you forgot you put it in this corner or anything like that. Oh yeah. All the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Time. So <laughs> do you get, I mean, are these images in your head or how do you, how do you visualize and create this stuff? Like help me well, understand. A lot of it's like uh, a process, um, where sometimes it'll come from dreams. Sometimes it'll come from stories. Um, I know there's like one picture on my website of the, the demon with like the, the gnarled like mass over the mouth. Yeah. And that one, like that one was from my grandmother because when she got older, she, she had Alzheimer's disease and she started to get dementia and she would always talk about these demons in the, in the home she was staying in. was wondering what it must be like to be perceiving the world through her eyes. Like, sorry, I was just kind of trying to explore that. Wow. And, I mean, it is, it's really dark. It's a dark piece. Um, but yeah, like the, some of the stuff is dark and I feel like it's good from a psychological perspective. I think for me, it's good to kind of get it out. Oh yeah. Yep. And like, you know, I guess granted, maybe it's not good for everybody else, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, if I can just kind of get rid of that vision in my head, then maybe, you know, I can move on and make something else. Yeah. Absolutely. So I think the yeah. closest way I can kind of connect with that is writing. So I'm writing a book. I, I blog every week. And for me, like writing, I guess, is the most artistic outlet that I've got. And I think I understand <laughs> what you mean. Like, you know, this book I'm writing, it, it goes into a little bit of my own experience and things I've learned. And it's about um, it's a self-help type book. But anyway, th- sometimes I'll write things down and I'll read them back. And I'm like, Wait, where'd that come from? Yeah. Or, or, or maybe a tough moment for me. And then once you write it out and you're like, OK, that's that's out of me. Uh, there's almost like a therapeutic process to it. Or, oh, for sure. For or, sure. So I think it's, it's probably, if I had to guess, probably a similar experience for you with your type of art. Yeah. I, I th- I'd say that's, it's very analogous, you know, <laughs> very nice. I mean, so, I've done some writing too. So like, I know how that kind of goes and I would say that that's a very similar experience. Good. Well, do people like reach out to you for like Halloween costumes or is the price point for something like that pretty high end? Or, I mean, do you ever well, get those yeah, kind of Well, yeah, the price point gets kind of high just because with um, like every new piece, like it's a it's an entirely new sculpture. And, you know, sculptures don't happen. I mean, on the show, they happen very quickly. But <laughs> So if I if I told you right now, money's no object, I want a, an alien mask for like Halloween. Like how long would something like that take for you to make? Well, it all. I, I I hate to just give like a straightforward answer, but it all depends. It, it, it you know. I mean, you're talking it like on... three hours or more, something like that. Oh yeah, like I, I just mean, have no concept. I have no idea. The, the sculpture that I'm working on right now, and I'd say it's one of my fastest sculptures I've done because that's one thing that you know comes with practice is you get faster. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, I've already I think sunk about twenty hours into it. Oh wow, I was way off. <laughs> and so, <laughs> um. 
And that's not even with like all the molding and casting and all that stuff. You know, that's just the sculpting process. So it, it is a, a, a time involved sort of thing. Sure. So I told you a little bit before we went on air, like I, I used to a long time ago, I used to do interviews in the podcast. I don't do interviews. This is just a conversation. I mean, all right. I've got kind of just talking points here and sometimes the guest will say something in my mind and go in a different direction. But what's nice is it's completely real and it's raw. And so this is one I don't have written down, but I really want to hear what you have to say about it. So what would you, what would you tell somebody listening that um, is kind of going down the road of, of what everybody told them to do? Say it's, you know, the, the doctor route or, or whatever mm-hmm. the case may be. What would you say to them if they still have that, that burning dream in them and they've never explored it in any way. Is there anything you could say to maybe help them how to explore that or or what are your thoughts? Well, if it's, if it's an art dream specifically, (laughs) um, I always encourage people to draw because I think, um, drawing is something that you can do for very cheaply. Um, it's something you can do pretty much anywhere. And you don't have to show people your work. Like, everybody, you know, we're so, like, obsessed with social media now and, like, putting our work out there. And I know, like, as a business owner, like, you have to do that. But if you have a stable income from something else, like, draw on your own. You don't have to share it. Just, like, keep drawing to get that stuff out. And I think that over time, like, you'll find you'll get better. And you can do that with sculpting, too, and and anything else. So I would say, like, don't give up on it. You don't have to. I I wouldn't advise quitting your day job (laughs) and pursuing it. Yeah. But, um. I would, I would say like, keep, keep at it, you know, mm-hmm. like for me, like I can never just sit and watch TV. Like I'm always drawing or something when that's, you know, I don't have like those downtimes like that. I always, you know, I'm working on something at all times. And I think that that's, that's that passion coming through because I don't think I could just sit and like, even going to the movies, like the movie theaters, I'm like kind of like about halfway through my feet start tapping, my fingers start twitching. I'm like, I'm ready to get back to work, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, my wife's the one that's really uh, good about saying, hey, let's let's unplug for an hour or two and, and do that once a week. And I'm, oh, man, I could, I could be getting this done. I'm kind of the addicted to being productive, I would say. Yeah. Like, even as I look from where I sit now outside, I'm in uh, southern Indiana, you know, the front yard needs to be mowed, got to cook out oh, yeah. over to and <laughs> My wife's just like, man, can't you just, you know, take time off? Well, yeah, life's busy. I think life's busy for most of us these days, but I totally understand that for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, what projects or events are you working on kind of from this point through the end of the year in your own business, Works? Oh, man. Um, well, right now the most pressing thing on my mind <laughs> is um, Monster Palooza, which is a big convention in Pasadena, Pasadena, California, and it happens next weekend. Oh, boy. Yeah, and I'm trying desperately to debut a new costume there. I don't know if it's going to happen <laughs> because I have <laughs> some very unrealistic deadlines right now. But um, I, I'm trying to do that. But I'm also going to be doing um, a demonstration uh, with Ken Tools, who makes the tools that I really love to use when I'm sculpting, where I'm going to sculpt a full uh, face mask live at the at the convention so people can come by and talk to me while I'm sculpting and that's just going to be like done at the con so it's going to be a quick turnaround kind of thing and um that's like the one thing and then I got I I I do a lot of conventions um I think it's a good way to like travel and get my work out there um plus I just like talking to people I love talking shop 
So mm-hmm. Monster Palooza is great for that because it's a very industry based convention. So there's a lot of sculptors and you know artists and makeup artists and all that stuff there. So highly recommend it. Very nice. Um, uh, but yeah, I'm doing a lot of those type of conventions and sometimes I'll sell my artwork there and other times I'll do presentations and stuff like that. So that's, that's sort of the big plan for the, the rest of the year. Very nice. Did, did I see on your site, are you coming to Indiana in September or am I confused? Oh, that was last year. I, last I, year. Gotcha. I am very bad about updating my site. Um, <laughs> I, there's a convention in Indiana called mask fest. Okay. It's part of the horror hound convention mm-hmm. circuit. And, um, I believe it happens again in September this this coming year. Um, but I'm going to try and make it out to that one, so I might be there. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. Well, if anybody listening is uh, a fan of yours from the show Face Off or, you know, you've touched them in, something, in some way you, uh, by something you've said, what's the, the best way they can get in contact with you? Um, well, uh, I'm always open to emailing people. Sometimes I'm a little slow to respond, as I'm sure you know. Oh. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> Uh, like, uh, I, I don't like if people have questions, I usually try my best to answer them. Cause I think that that's, again, is something that's so important in our industry is to, to force us to get better as a whole is to share knowledge. Um, but yeah, I have, I have my email on my website. That's Melissa Um, you can also contact me through social media, which is at feral works on Twitter and Instagram. Um, I'm also on Facebook. So yeah, any of those are fine. Awesome. Well, I've really, really enjoyed talking to you today. Uh, again, I think your work, honestly, is awesome. I wish you nothing but the best of success. Sorry, with I scared all of your that. kid. I'm nah, so sorry. <laughs> she, she, she rattles easily. That's probably my fault. But no, yeah. it's all right. I, I told her it wasn't real. But, you know, if she doesn't see it here, she'll see it somewhere else. Well, that's so. that's actually one of the things I like to talk about with like Face Off is like it is really good for kids to like see how a monster is created from you know, nothing to something. So it it does kind of unveil that whole process and make it less scary. Yeah. I mean, my kid now, he's, I don't know, made of stone. <laughs> 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 he doesn't rattle easily, huh? He, he does it strange things, but like he, yeah, he, we went to, um, there was a Walker stalker convention recently where, it, it, you know, it's about Walker, uh, walking dead, like all zombies and stuff like that. And he asked if he could have one of my scary masks to wear and scare the zombies. So he didn't, he would like run up to the people dressed up as zombies and go boo and like run away. <laughs> it was very cute. <laughs> awesome. Very cool. All right. Well, I appreciate you coming on. I uh, appreciate talking to you and, uh, thank you very much for your time. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me. All right. We are back to the show. Melissa. Thank you for your time, my friend. Fun stuff. Fun stuff as always, and best of continued luck to you as well. Well, if you guys want to check out the show notes for this episode, you can go to intentionallyinspirational.com forward slash episode 64. And you guys will notice, I don't know if it begins with 60 or 61. You'll notice our show notes format has changed. I talked about that a little bit last week. It's a lot better now because I'm not doing them. We've got a member of the team doing that and it's really, really nice. It's it's going to be better for the guests, and it's better just for um, for anybody looking at it as well. So check those out. If you've never checked them out before, check out the show notes for this episode and a few previous ones. And if you've seen them in the past, check them out to see the, the change. It was a very nice change. Well, if you guys have uh, only listened to this podcast one time, I'd love to have you subscribe through iTunes. Love you have have you subscribe to the Inspire Nation Insider on the website as well. You get all of our best free resources there. 
to help with startups, not only uh, in the beginning, but um, for the long haul as well. So that's really the point of all this is um, connecting with other people that are driven like Melissa and our other guests and our, you know, our past guests and our future guests as well. And uh, pushing through obstacles and getting to where you want to go. And that requires motivation or inspiration. It requires actionable steps and it requires support to maintain those actionable steps in that effort as well. So uh, something I want you guys to think about as we as we part ways for the day. What's next for all of you? Some of you may be pre-startup. Some of you may have businesses. I want you to think about the rest of this calendar year, 2017. So basically April 11th to December 31st. What's next for you? And if the answer immediately is, I don't know, figure that out. Figure that out because that's going to help you set goals and work to achieve those goals and get to where you want to go. As always, guys, I thank you for your time. Be inspired. Go out there and make a difference in the world. We will catch up to you next week. Thank you. Take care. Thanks for listening to Intentionally Inspirational. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to the show on iTunes or check us out on SoundCloud. To check out all of our resources for your startup business success, visit our website at intentionallyinspirational.com. We look forward to seeing you again next week.